Alexa, play the Champions League anthem. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> to season four of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. Iron Man himself, Chuck Bailey, and super producer, Ian Stimson. Chuck, how you like the new nickname? Why do I have Mr. Iron Man? I'm not a billionaire playboy or a philanthropist. No, no, I'm not no, any no. of those things. That's a reference to uh, <laughs> famous baseball player Cal Ripken, who was just never out, always in. So, oh. Mr. 100%, Mr. Iron Man, that's you, buddy. Oh, but I missed I, mi- I missed an episode, so... Well, you missed one episode, but you were here after your kid was born, you just got your second COVID shot yesterday, and you turned up for this. Yeah, it's a pretty strong record. It sounds It's catchier than Mr. 99.3%. I, know, I suppose at some point you have to round up, even though it will never <laughs> approach the limit. Um, season four, colon, The Revenge... Question mark? Isn't that Jaws, Jaws 4? That's how it worked, didn't it? We're going yeah. after family members now. Oh, if we're uh, if we're going to be anything like Jaws 4, then we might as well just quit now. <laughs> just just give it up before the season starts. Bye. How's your uh, how's your summer been, boys? Ian, how's your summer going? It's been a roller coaster of emotion. The Euros the Euros were surprisingly amazing. It was so good, wasn't it? It was so good, wasn't it? I, yeah. I wasn't even going to bring it up for you guys, but okay, let's talk about the Euros. Let's talk about England. Talk to me about penalty kicks. Talk to me about all of it. <laughs> We're not depressed about it. We're honestly not depressed about it. Never expected to get that far. I was surprised how quickly I became philosophically happy with it. Like yeah. it, was, it, was only, it was only a couple of days and I was like, well, maybe not even. And I was like, Italy should have won the game. Italy should have won the tournament. Perfectly happy with it. England got so far and and... Gave gave me a summer I didn't think they would. So I'm perfectly happy with that. I don't, there's no negativity here. What is this? This is not what I'm here for. Chuck, come on, give me the negativity. Chuck's <laughs> going to be angry about something. Nope. Nope. Literally, next day, I was like, ah, oh, well, that, that was the thing that it was. It's progress. It's not qualifying or being shit, you know, getting to a semi-final, getting to a final. It's all progress. It's all good Liking things. Liking the players. Liking the players. Actually being a tolerable team. Enjoying it. <laughs> Going out on penalties the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's very, <laughs> very comforting in a way it was. But it was just a really good tournament. It was good fun. And um, yeah, you know, good vibes. Party times. No more international football. Fuck it off. I don't care about any international breaks. I will only care about the football again in December 2022 when it's in Qatar. International breaks are shit. We can't wait to talk about literally anything else other than international football in the international breaks. Premier League is back, baby. Woo! Yeah, there it is. Much better, much better. All right. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, and we do often get a lot of new listeners in between seasons, welcome. We are very, very happy to have you. We are one American and two Brits, as you probably already picked up on, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but we mostly get off track. But I figured a good way to start this season would be to introduce ourselves a little bit to any new listeners, slash anybody who just didn't realize that you were two different British people, like my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Happened. Actually happened. Yep, literally, (laughs) uh, our first season. So I'll I'll start off, um, figure you can tell us what team you support, a tiny little bit about yourself, and what's your favorite animal, because no one asks us our favorite animals now that we're adults, but I want to tell people that my favorite animal is a tiger, because it's the best hunter in the world. So, Uh, But yeah, I'm an American. And a Chelsea fan, so, you know, your classic sort of bigger teams kind of guy. I bring a different perspective in terms of coming, having grown up in the American sports. 
uh, system and all that sort of stuff, um, and try to tend to be less biased about things like the English Pyramid or the Super League than our otherwise uh, English mm. listeners and friends and co-hosts <laughs> might be. Uh, but Chuck, <laughs> give us a little bit about yourself for the new listeners. My name's Chuck. My favorite animal is, uh, oh, what is it? Probably a bear. I'd like to have a bear as a pet. That'd be pretty cool. Big fuck off bear. Any specific kind of bear? Polar bear, grizzly bear? What do you have? Big, big, big bear. <laughs> Big bear. Right. Big bear. Grizzly bear it is then. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Um, I am a Crystal Palace fan for my sins. Um, feeling alarmingly <laughs> positive about this year, um, but then getting rid of the dinosaur will do that to you. That's about it, really. <laughs> what, what else do I say? I don't fucking know. Ian, talk, Ian, Ian's the one that's got the most things to be happy about. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Peterborough fan, so... Where the Premier- I see myself as the sort of everyman on the Premier League side because I don't have an allegiance to any Premier League club other than the two that you support, Chelsea and Crystal Palace, which sort of by osmosis I semi-support. But um, yeah, Peterborough fan, so Championship stalwarts now. We won't be won't be leaving the Championship for a long time now. Um, that's a given. And uh, yeah, I was brought on because I know about sound and can mix. So yeah. that's about it. And I mean, the good thing is that Peterborough are guaranteed like at least three seasons in the championship yeah you know yeah, definitely autumn winter <laughs> spring <laughs> nicely taken yeah okay um yeah with darren ferguson's record in the championship there's <laughs> nothing can go wrong can it uh context i think we've had one one season in the championship every other one has been a relegation so but you know we'll sack him and then we'll get him back in a few years it's fine it's the cycle it's, it's there you good. go there you go it's the circle of life yeah. All right. Well, um, we figured this episode would be a good place to do a season preview. So we've written some stuff down about some teams. We'll talk about how their seasons went last season uh, and how that might have implications about how they're going to go this season, maybe make a few predictions. Um, speaking of which, Chuck, do you want to tell people about the Predictor League so that that can sort of help guide our conversation? Oh, Predictor League up top. We're putting up the top. Oh, top billing. The Predictor League is, I won't do the jingle now. You you, you haven't heard it yet. No, um, he's a min. He's a min. Is a game which seemingly this year, everyone is fucking ripping off. I've seen Sky Sports doing their own version <laughs> to send in. I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. Um, basically, send us in your predictions to our DMs on Twitter or email us milesoffsidepod at gmail.com. Literally just with where you think all 20 teams will finish in the Premier League this year. Um, it is free entry. There is a £50 prize um, for if you come first uh, to spend in the club shop of your choice. And um, I did this without either of these two knowing. But if we get 50 entries, it'll be £100 just because. I was going to suggest 100 also. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Literally, we. I'll run it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to close it at the start of the season again. I'll give all you Johnny come latelys a bit more of a chance because I know you love it. Um, but I haven't really decided when, so I'll give you a bit of notice. <laughs> Maybe about three weeks into the season. That feels about right. End of August game, or something. Game yeah. at three, end of August, whatever. So literally, 20 teams, where you think they'll finish, send it to our DMs. Bitches! Excellent. Oh, and, and you get points depending on how close you get it right. And low score is good score. It's probably you'll, you'll understand later through the medium of song. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Will they? Will they, though? I don't know. So that's the Predictor League. We'll go through our three entries at some point over the course of this episode. Um, and before we jump into the actual discussion about the teams and the predictions and all that sort of stuff, I should give a brief, and I do mean brief for once, primer on something called expected goals, because it's going to come up all the fucking time on this podcast. So those of you that may have heard of the term, don't know what it is. Some of you have never heard of it at all. What I will explain is that basically... When you watch a match, any fan can get a sense of like, oh man, Man United were really lucky to get away with that win. The scoreline doesn't reflect how the game actually went, the run of play, all that sort of stuff, right? 
Um, and so what expected goals does is it uses really advanced, cool math stuff that I'm more than happy to explain uh, at some point if you want to DM me or we have a couple of Patreon episodes. Whether you ask or not. Um, but basically <laughs> it looks at every shot that's ever been taken from a certain position, taking into account a bunch of variables like did it come off of a cross? Is there a defender in front of them? Where is the keeper? All that sort of stuff. It calculates the chances that that goal will go in. So let's say that shot 40% of the time was scored then that gets added to a team's expected goals as a 0 0.4. 40% go in, so that's 0.4 of a goal. Um, you add those up over the course of the season, you add up how many they concede, and that's actually the most predictive measure that we currently have in analytics as far as using it to see how teams are going to do going into the future. It's actually more predictive than real points, real goals, anything else that we've been able to find. So that's the deal with expected goals. Basically, you say, man, they probably should have scored two or three today. Literally expected goals calculates how many they quote unquote could have scored if you simulated the exact same shot a million times. We mostly don't exist in reality. So if you're not interested in XG and you're one of those kind of people, probably just turn off. Don't bother. Um, <laughs> if you if you really like get all your news from Sky Sports and Talk Sport, it probably isn't the podcast for you. Yeah, if you like ESPN FC over here in the US, uh, you know, we're, we're not a proper football. The game's gone make tackles or used to be tackles. Now tackles aren't anything kind of yeah. kind of guys. So. Despite my best efforts, we're not yeah. that podcast. Well, Ian <laughs> is the northern one, so and also really yeah. old. Fucking hell. <laughs> no one's going to listen to my voice and go, he's northern. <laughs> Americans might. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go through these teams. Um, let's start off with Manchester City. They are the defending champions and... Uh, they finished on 86 points last season. That was first place. On 83 expected points, also first place. Um, 83 goals on 78 expected, both of those first place. And 32 goals allowed on 31 expected goals allowed, also both first place. So undeniably, top of every metric that we have for the season last season, well and truly deserved champions. Do you guys think that they will run it right back? How many crosses did they play? That's the real one. Um, <laughs> Manchester City are good. Hot. Starting with the hottest of hot takes. Oh, steaming take. Oh, um, I haven't signed anyone yet this year. Well, you know, sorry to do <laughs> Scott Carson a disservice there. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think you can move at the minute for seeing Kane and Grealish rumours. Yeah, if they add players like that, then... Who knows, they could probably run away with it completely again. But it's uh, it's interesting. They've been, apart from that, like it's there's not been a hell of a lot of noise about them. And I wonder if that's just a bit of a malaise since they are such a good team. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a running theme with all the big teams so far, other than Man United. Um, there hasn't been much in the way of like, there's been a lot of rumors, but I think all the big players are off did international tournaments. They're on their one week break between seasons, like all that sort of stuff. So it seems to be kind of a slow market, at least for now. Um, but I do also wonder, like, you know, we talk about Grealish potentially being someone that they're going after, a really talented young winger, Kane, a striker that exists. Um, <laughs> you know, they're recruiting. Do they even need to? Do they just run it back? Like, how are you guys feeling about them? Has anything changed that makes you think that they're no longer the best team in the Prem or the best team in the league, in the world, even? Um, relying on Gabriel Jesus as your striker. That's not a good, that's not a good thing. But then, he well, doesn't score yeah, goals. Ab you're absolutely right, because goals were spread around for them, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but they still managed to win the league without that striker, without Kevin De Bruyne for a lot of the season, with Sterling not really firing. Sterling's form coming off the Euros might be better. Kevin De Bruyne's back, and they might have Harry Kane. It's very hard for, for me to see them not winning a canter 
to be honest. I, you know, providing they get Kane and uh, especially if Grealish comes as well, because then you've just got a midfield where your B team would smash every Premier League team's... Pro- well, probably. I mean, maybe not. Oscar might argue with that with Chelsea, but I, I find it hard to put them anywhere other than first at a fairly easy canter, I think, because there's just too many positives for them, I think. Interesting, interesting. I think definitely if they sign a striker that yeah. is uh, more of a lock than not, I think depending on how the Harry Kane situation goes and the loss of Aguero, um, who you know wasn't getting massive minutes but was still sort of a leader in the clubhouse and when True. he did play, like put those goals away, put those chances away every mm-hmm. time. Um, we'll see how that loss affects them and how if they do pursue a striker and don't get one, how that goes as well. Um, so, Ian, I'm assuming you have them first in your predictor league then, though. I do, yeah, I do. I just I just can't see anything else. As I say, it was there were negatives last season. Their poor start, Sterling's form. There were so there were negatives, and they still managed to do yeah. it relatively comfortably. And there's just been no negatives over other than losing the Champions League final and Tuchel apparently having their number tactically, which I get. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's brilliant. But like, that's wait, sorry did did Chelsea win the Champions League final? Last that, season, that, that may that yeah. may have happened. Yeah. That was last okay. season, though, mate. Last season, we're in yeah. this season. Um, but yeah, if if I mean, granted, he had an amazing run of form in there, but Gundogan being your top scorer for the season is a is an odd one and a, a bit of an anomaly. But you know, they they are just so great, and they beat on every metric, and they find a way. So you know, I I think it'll be a bit closer, but. You know, personally, then then it then Man City at a canter, but I think this I think this year is interesting. I think with the COVID of it all, yeah, so. I think the COVID's going to be a factor. I think it last season, certainly in the second half of the season, we saw Pep and Tuchel were the only two managers that really seemed to go and really adapt to the COVID ball and the the guys being incredibly tired, playing constant games, all that sort of stuff. Um, if I might pick nits very briefly, because otherwise we're all just sitting here saying, "Wow, Man City are good. They're going to be good." Um, whatever slight case we might have for it uh, being more interesting than that uh, is that if you look at the last 19 games, so the second half of the season, I have those numbers as well. They were actually second on expected points to Chelsea and third on expected goals allowed behind Chelsea and Brighton, um, which is a weird one. (laughs) Brighton had a great underlying defense. We don't even need to talk about that last season, whatever. That also happens to coincide exactly with when Tuchel came in. Tuchel managed 19 games which is exactly half a season. So the the back half of the season, which can, um, from a predictive analytics uh, perspective, does carry more weight than just the entire season. Um, they were second, Ian, and they were third best defense, which uh, is potentially something to look at. I think so, but it's also at that point, they were so far ahead that they could do that. Like they didn't have to then be the best team for 19 games. You know what I mean? They were behind, weren't they, in about 13th after a few games something like that they were really yeah, I think, yeah. they're really down and then they won however many 16 in a row and just then they were 10 points ahead and that was it it was just job done yeah. at the end of november they were in 13th spot you're right yeah i mean the end of november ridiculous. that late yeah it was quite late yeah but yeah what what about the uh i mean i genuinely forgot that second place was the other side of manchester last I year i know okay how fucking crazy is last season that united came in second and none of like ian did you remember that because i was very surprised when i looked up the table this morning <laughs> well it's it's you know as i've said manchester united are the peterborough united of the premier league it's they can't <laughs> what does they that can't even defend. mean i don't understand they, that. i'll tell you what i'll tell you exactly what it means oscar they can't defend but they score 
when they need to, and that's that's what right. people do. Everyone knows that clearly. So, um, yeah, I it it is surprising whenever you sort of forget about football for a little while, and then someone says like, you know, Man United were second. Like, Fuck off! No, they weren't. It is ridiculous to think that they were they were second. Their away record was incredibly good last season, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting interesting to see what they do at home uh, with the fans back in there back in the stands yeah that is a big wild card for this season like we'll see what, yeah. how that affects teams and, and all that or if it even lasts that long because who fucking knows you know i've flipped around i was quite negative about everything last season i'm going to try and be positive about all covid things this there season there you go there you go it's, okay you know things are going well let's let's hope you don't want to be positive mate you don't want to be positive oh you don't want to sorry you don't every no. test has been negative you did it's it wrong <laughs> uh well let me throw out some numbers for united they did come in second place uh, they had 74 points on 66 expected, so that's an overperformance. They had 73 goals on 63 expected. That's actually the second biggest overperformance in the league. And 44 goals allowed on 42 expected, so pretty much exactly there. In terms of their rankings for expected, because that's the most predictive for this season, they were fourth on expected points, fourth on expected goals, fourth on expected goals allowed, and looking hmm. at the back half of the season, they were third on expected points, fourth on expected goals, and fourth on expected goals allowed. So pretty, like, unanimously by the numbers, the fourth best team in the league for the underlying. So Peterborough and Man United are the championship, but Man United are the Arsenal of the premiership? <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fourth place FA Cup. Yeah, cool. Sure, yeah. Did they yeah, win the FA Cup? Good. Who won the no, FA Leicester Cup? No, Leicester won the FA Cup, dude. It was huge. Oh. They beat us in the final, but I was happy about it because it's Leicester, so, like, whatever, it's fine. And we won the Champions League on May 29, 2021, about 10 days later. So that worked out okay. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might come up once or twice. Barely mentioned it. Talk about Man United, Ian. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Solskjaer's lack of defensive knowledge. or, or He doesn't even care, I don't think. About he's very much a manager who just tells them to go out and play. And he's Have like, fun. you know, you guys are all good. You'll figure it out. You're, I'll throw 11 talented people on the pitch and they'll, well, they'll sort it out. Absolutely. I mean, Chuck coined last year the tactical, you know, where people talk about diamonds and the Gagan pressing and stuff. And Chuck coined last season, Luke Shaw plus vibes. That's that's all you need. Luke Shaw plus and, vibes. And uh, that's very much what he did tactically all season. And the, they they conceded first the first goal so often. But they still managed to finish second. Now we we called we said at the start of the season we were all absolutely certain of them finishing fourth, like absolutely mm. certain of it. And yeah. the, as you say, the expected stats said in they every shouldn't. fucking category, first half of the season and entire season, or second half of the season, and entire season, fourth place. Yeah, I mean, and with the it's weird because with the talent they've got through certainly their starting eleven, there's no reason why they shouldn't solidify you know they've got decent they've got decent defenders but it just seems like the system isn't right they conceded a lot of, a lot from set pieces last year and i just i i do wonder if they're going to do anything to fix that at all uh i don't think they'll do that because it looks like ole's at the fucking wheel for the foreseeable future but they well, have yeah. certainly gone out and made noise in the transfer market that is something that could potentially shift their numbers right like they've gone out they've gone Jaden sancho who's one of the most talented wingers in the world and for whatever reason is underrated by english people even though he is english because he, he doesn't play in england but that is yeah. ridiculous you're absolutely he's right. insane yeah. his underlying like he's one of the most talented young players in the world um, they got Varane and another defender, right? I'm not, I haven't no, kept track they, of this. They got Tom Heaton, 
Right. Okay. Goalkeeper. Varane, who, and, and I've noticed this, but they did it with Sancho as well, almost to be like, can all the fans leave us alone now? Like, they're the only club that have done announcements, official announcements of players before they've agreed personal terms and done the medical. Like, huh. both times for Sancho and Varane, and then like a week and a half to two, two weeks later, they do the actual announcement. Like, they're that much of a, we need to control the narrative and stop everyone bombarding us and saying that well, the Glazers need to go. Well, their fans broke into the stadium and rioted last season, so I would imagine that they're a little concerned about keeping them happy, just a bit. Ah, West Ham do that every week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sancho is many good. Uh, Varane, if he eventually gets announced, although according to Rio Ferdinand, he won't know what hit him, and in the Premier League, crosses come from angles you never knew were possible. Uh, <laughs> Underneath, obviously. Like this guy, this guy was like a good defender. Like what? Mad. Um, the Varane one feels strange to me because Real Madrid aren't like a club that just sell players. I mean, I know they have an eye on Mbappe just to go out of the league, and that's why they've just sold Ramos and Varane, or not sold Ramos, just got rid of him um, to PSG, <laughs> um, and they've got Varane. But you know, I think it's interesting if he's going to partner with Maguire. Maguire, not. I mean, who did he have? Like Lindelof, always had a rick in him. Um, you've got Eric Bailly, who, yeah, again, the same. Um, yeah, I mean, they have one good center back, and then they this could be their actual second one. Like, do we think that these transfers are going to be enough to bump them up? At least, obviously, they came in second, so, like, arguably not bump up. But you know what I mean? Like, are they going to be at the same quality level as Chelsea and Liverpool now? I can say potentially, like, they'll deserve being there more. Fair enough. I think I think so, that, like... If you you start to put in Sancho, um, you know, and, and the way they're going, like with Varane and who else would their front line be? I mean, Cavani's good, like part of the way. Rashford's obviously out for a while, which is a shame. Mm. Um, but they've got Lingard. Um, Fernandez is there. <laughs> they might be getting Ruben Neves or who knows. I mean, as we record, there's still this year, there's 28 days left of the transfer window. So... Who fucking knows what can happen between now and then? But they 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 they're gradually building a bit more of a squad, spending a lot of money to do it. But I think they can deserve it a bit more. I do. It's a, it's a clear statement of intent from them that they spend a load of money again. They've just given Ole a three year contract from now. That seemingly he is their plan, maybe because no managers really want to leave their clubs at the minute. But who knows? So where uh, where do you have them in your predicted league then? Let's finish off the Manchester United discussion that way. I have them third. So I actually, this is one of my hotter takes. I have them above Liverpool, um, mm. which we'll talk about Liverpool in a second. But So that's me. I have them at third place. I have them fourth. As do I. All right, perfect. Well, let's just move on then to Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool came in third place last season, 69 points on 69 expected. So exactly spot on, third place and third on expected. Uh, 68 goals on 72 expected, so slight underperformance, and 42 goals allowed on 47 expected, a fairly significant overperformance defensively. They have signed one big uh, one big name in defense, that's 40 million for Konate, uh, but other than that, there hasn't been that much movement for them. Um, it looks like the plan is going to be just run it back with, you know, Salah, Mane, Firmino up front. Jota can sort of rotate in, whatever it is. Like It's going to be the same core that they've had for a few years, which has been one of the best teams in the world for a few years. Um, but obviously them being a year older is an issue, especially since all of their front line is now in their 30s officially. So what do you guys think? you think they're going to come in third again? Do you think they're going to push back up towards the title? Where do you guys sort of see them finishing this year? 
Um, I see. It. Well, the main the main difference is you know last year very early on they had Van Dyke injured, um, they lost Joe Gomez, they ran with it was something like ten games in a row where they had different centre back pairings in every single one, and none of those games matched each other. If you see what I mean as well, yeah. And just for two positions, that's mad. So they had no consistency or stability there, and we were saying at the time like that those guys who came through. Um, your Nathaniel Phillips and oh, who was the other guy? Ian, who was the other guy? Uh, Williams. Williams. Neko Williams. Thank you very much. Um, wow. Also, also with Allison being out for a while and having yep. Kelleher, Kelleher in. I can't say his first name. Um, so uh, there was just no consistency there. So I think if you know if Van Dyke can stay fit and he's literally been out i think they've left him out longer than before played his then then he needed sorry played his first few minutes the other day um that's a huge difference like he is an incredible incredible center back and if they bring in konate who they're saying is in a, of a similar mold uh coming from leipzig makes me wonder whether those two will specifically play together or not but still that's a good signing and with their their front three you know, you, you say like all over 30, but I see Jota dropping in there a lot more often this season. Again, dealt with injuries last year and, and he's been, you know, we were a bit concerned whether he would be able to step up to Liverpool or even from like a fantasy football kind of side of things, which is obviously what we've played for a long time, how his impact would have. But he just made that step up quite seamlessly um i think and very quickly as well so i'm interested by liverpool this year um you know just in a way like an intrigue and see how they can kick on from what they could probably look back at and see is quite a lucky finishing position to how they were at the end of the season yeah yeah i mean to me they are the biggest question mark of the big teams um which is kind of weird because they're like we just said that they're mostly running it back but the Van Dyke coming back, the one new center back, the aging, who's going to get rotated in, who's going to get rotated out. They're a big question mark for me. Um, definitely the defense is going to, you know, going to be different with their best players healthy all season. Um, I would simply point out that they did overperform last season in defense, despite having all of that, all of those problems. Um, and unexpected, they came in seventh. They were third unexpected points, second unexpected goals, and seventh unexpected goals allowed. So, I think that there's more question marks there than people otherwise want to see just because they're in the middle of a dynasty slash at the tail end of a dynasty. I'm not saying that Salah, Mane, and Firmino aren't going to still be some of the better players in the league. But at this level, when they're trying to keep up with Chelsea, with City, with United, who are investing heavily, like it's such fine margins that even yeah. if just one of those guys goes off the age curve, which is likely to happen for one or more of them given their ages... um. I think that could be enough to knock them down fourth. I have them in fourth in my predictor league. I already said that. Where do you guys have them? Ian, where do you see Liverpool finishing? So I've got them third. I think they don't I think they don't kick on because as you say, defence wasn't the problem. I think they they <laughs> Crystal Palace game aside, they don't they didn't score a lot of goals. It was oh, shit. Yeah, the, I forgot the, about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's easy to forget, isn't it? Um but the 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 lack of being ruthless up front. Um was a was a real problem for them, and as you say, they're they're three main goal scorers. I mean, they've got Jota now as well, obviously, but they're they're three main attacking threats. You might think of all aged a year, and like it's exactly what you say. It's a bit when you look at the stats, defense wasn't the problem. So 
I don't know. If if Jota can have a hell of a season, it might help them out. But I I don't see them pushing on personally. So yeah, I've got them. I've got them third again. I think Wijnaldum's more of a loss than people make out as well. To be honest, I know they've got Thiago now and they've got Henderson back and stuff. But I just he he all it was such a reliable player for them. Mm-hmm. And I just I think it's not being talked about that they they that. His loss, I think, might might affect him. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being simplistic about I th- things. I think they're hoping that Naby Keita finally kind of yeah. steps up and does finally, something. Yeah, okay. I didn't realise he was going into like I think he's going into his fourth season. Yeah, as that a dude Liverpool has had player. So many injuries. Good lord! I think he went like two years without playing or something. Insane. I thought he joined like the year before. Mad. Um, but yeah, like you said, Thiago and Fabinho in there. Henderson. But- yeah, Henderson too. Henderson's thirty-one. That's another one who's like on the wrong side of the age curve. Like they have a lot of guys in their early 30s who are very important to their team. Uh, I don't think the age thing affects Henderson much for the position he plays. Like because you see like players like Fernandinho still being able to do it going up to like 37, 38. Yeah, it helps the further back the pit in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the constipator, you know, he's just there to kind of <laughs> That's what he does, yeah. gum things <laughs> up anyway, but yeah, they could be as at the top end of the table, anyway, they could have one of the highest average ages. Must do. Certainly. Chelsea are very, very young. City is hard to calculate because they have guys all over the map. So I'd imagine they're probably in the middle somewhere. Um, but United and Chelsea have very young squads, for sure, uh, by comparison. Speaking of Chelsea, actually, let's go ahead and move on there, right? Do Well, I guess we'll wrap up with one yes or no question. Do you think that Liverpool has any reasonable chance at a title this season? Chuck, yes or no? I'd say it's within the realms of variance, but I wouldn't I wouldn't nail my colours to the mast and say yes to that. I think it's a very slim chance okay, so th- if they were to do it. Okay, Ian, slim chance, yes or no? Yeah. Like what? I, I think it de- it depends what you mean by reasonable. I, I would say if you're looking at 10-15% chance, that's about where I pitch oh, it. Oh, I think. look who's Mr. Caveat now. <laughs> Well, quite. Yeah. Still you. Still you. Still me. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, speaking of me, let's move on to Chelsea. Uh, oh, defending fuck. Champions League champions of Europe. <laughs> May 29, 2021. Same as May 19, 2012. Very, very good time to be alive. Uh, Chelsea finishing fourth place last season. Chelsea, the by far fourth. the biggest underperformers of the, the big teams of the last Premier year. League. Um, Chelsea finishing fourth on 67 points. 10 below their expected points on 77 uh, 58 goals scored on 69 expected goals, so 11 underperforming, and 36 goals allowed on 31 expected, so again, underperforming by 5. On expectation, they were second, they were third on expected goals, and tied first on expected goals allowed, so the best defense in the league along with Man City. Um, and obviously, the back half of the season was the big story. Chelsea fired their manager halfway through the year. Rest in RIP, Frank Lampard. We love you. Gone but not forgotten. Um, and big old Tommy Tooks came in. Tommy Tooks, who fucking took off flying, and we were, in my opinion, and in a lot of actually analytics since people have been in, the best team in the world from January to, to the end of the season. Um, we were first on expected points, tied for second on expected goals, and first on expected goals allowed for the back half of the season, and notably beat City three times in the last month, including in the Champions League final. Um, so I think Chelsea are going to be fucking amazing. Probably the best team in the world this coming season. I am a Chelsea fan, so I would say that. But I will say that I have heard Spurs and Liverpool fans who are into numbers saying that very begrudgingly. So that fills me with a little bit of hope. Where are you guys at on Chelsea going in? 
I think you need to be. Uh, you need to nail your colours a little bit more to the mast, Oscar. Are you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're definitely sure really? about this. Like, Dancing around the point, to be honest, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't say we're going to be the greatest team of all time or that we're going to get the treble for the record. So, you know, for like instance. I could have gone higher. Right, I could have okay. gone higher. Yeah. So, so, oh, no, because what he's done here, Ian, is, is he's very cleverly worded it so that if Chelsea don't win a trophy this year, he can still say, well, sometimes the best teams don't win trophies, you know? So, <laughs> after four years, I know your fucking games. <laughs> And they're not going to win the Community Shield, and that's the one they all want. So. That's, the one, that's, that's want. the one they all want to kick off the season. <laughs> exactly. Fine, I'll nail my I'll nail my colors on. We're going to finish first place. I have them in first place in my predictor league. I genuinely believe that. I already put money on them uh, to win the Premier League, and I think we'll make deep runs in both of the cups. You never know with invariance like what could happen there. But I could very mm-hmm. much see us doing a double, um, and I definitely think we're going to win the league. So Okay. So well, is then. this where we have to counter you? Yeah, well, do, do whatever it. you feel. What, what's in your heart, Ian? When you think of beautiful Mason Mount and Kai Havertz I and do, his love of goats. I do love goats. Mason Mount. I, yeah, I don't know whether, again, it's osmosed from you, but I do love Mason Mount. He's, I think he's fucking such, great, He's right? such a great player to watch, yeah. So what? So tell me, what, what does your heart speak to you when, I, when Chelsea Football Club comes up? I think you... Well... I said Man City at a canter. I say I say these things to uh, be bombastic, uh, as I am. But um, I think Chelsea's got a lover. I think Chelsea's got a very good chance. Uh, when you when you see me, you think Shaggy. I know, I know. I but, mean, I want to shag you, so hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think Chelsea got a very good chance. I think that the there is a worry, and I think that that is conversion of that xg because mm-hmm. even under tuchel in fact under tuchel since since tuchel took over no team underperformed their xg as much as chelsea yeah, uh 11 goals off 25 goals scored on 36 expected under tuchel so that is a worry and now i mean are you of the opinion that Werner is just going to come good or that you need to do something else. You'd he has visited struggle. many. He has travelled the world, <laughs> visiting <laughs> as many priests, shaman, witch doctors. He has slaughtered the appropriate level of livestock. He has bathed in the blood under the light of a full moon. He has hopefully broken his curse because that's 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 what Ch- Chelsea need goal scorer. I mean, it makes perfect sense why the two players you've been linked with the heaviest this year mm-hmm. um, is, well, recently is Big Rom Lukaku, again, back back again, and um, er- Erling Haaland. Like, those are the, and, and it makes perfect sense because when you're underperforming, if you want to, you know, be a legit team and and fair enough through the realms of analytics now they know how to play in a certain way in order to maximize the xg at every opportunity how you know sometimes a point something that might seem low like a point three shot if they actually made another pass to an area from that situation that would normally be a point five it actually becomes a point two because of time and etc etc and these guys know their fucking shit on rain man levels however for Oscar's sanity and heart rate and all those kind of things. Chelsea need need someone who puts the ball away. Now, towards the back end of the season and across the Euros, that's looking quite well as being Kai Havertz potentially because mm-hmm. he all of a sudden stepped up to a completely different role um, and it seems like it fits um, for that. But, you know, you'd want you'd want those goals. I mean, what, who was your top scorer last season? Jorginho with seven? Jorginho, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was penalties, obviously, that's why. Timo just kept winning penalties. Eight assists from Timo, more yeah. assists than goals. 
Yeah. Oh, so seven, So that's the thing. You see eight assists, but seven of them are he fell over for a penalty. So <laughs> they all count. They all count. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the caveat with Chelsea is just can they start delivering that pitch? Because there is no doubting whatsoever the quality of talent that they have running completely through that team. Um, and, you know, the same with a manager who came in and knew exactly what to do to get the most out of the situation they were mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. knew best how to adapt a team in the climate of COVID, which is that, you know, you need to be super fit. You need to choke the life out of games. You need to play. Like I openly said to Oscar many, many times that like, I fucking hated watching Chelsea play. It was dull. It was yes. awful. Absolutely. It, because that's just the way you had to play last year. And I, I think that will probably happen this year. Yeah. And it's whether they can do that, have someone who puts the goal, puts the ball away, gets the goals, and then they just sit back and fucking lock it down. Yeah, and I mean, we went almost three months without conceding more than 0.5 XG in a match. And that was through the cha- through Champions League semifinals, the entire Champions League knockout rounds, FA Cup all the way to the final, big games in the Prem. Like, this was crunch time season, and we didn't concede to fucking anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. That, you know, it was amazing. So I think, but I do want to answer your question directly, Ian, because you did ask a direct question earlier. Um, one, I do think Timo's going to come good. I think he was adjusting. I think it was a weird league, a weird season. I think a bunch of stuff happens when players move to a new country. But his underlying numbers continue to be good. And there's no yes. reason to think that that was anything more than a random aberration. That just happens. Um, so I think he'll come good. I think he'll improve to his level and potentially even improve the underlying numbers, along with regressing to that mean. No, I don't think it's necessary for us to go out and buy a striker. I'm more than happy to keep Kai playing up there as a not-so-false nine. Um, I think we saw last season as he finally recovered from his very serious bout of COVID that had him like bedridden for almost a month. Mm. And like he couldn't, he just wasn't fit till like the last quarter of the season. And to me, it was always obvious that he just didn't have fitness levels, but everyone was like, oh, new young player, new club, new country, blah, blah, blah. Once he got healthy and fit, he was amazing. And he carried that through for Germany. I mean, he scored the Champions League winning goal because we won the Champions League. I don't know if you guys know on May 29, 2021. No, uh, went past me by. Um, yeah, I think it, it was weird, actually, I think, how much the mainstream media seemed to ignore the fact that he had that COVID diagnosis and he suffered from it. Like, it was just, it was always framed as a habit struggling to settle. And it was like, well... I think it was everything. But yeah, I, I, I just think, especially at that time, to be, and not that I would normally be fair to the media, like, it's only coming <laughs> into the last, it's only coming into the last few months that people have started to understand and long COVID has been yeah, a maybe. thing. Yeah. And and I, I think, and we, because we were guilty also of that, because we are part of the mainstream, obviously, match. Um, Literally, some people listen to this podcast, okay? That we were guilty of that and saying, like, he came in 20 years old, lots of money, having to come to a new country, everything's on lockdown, he can't go out and see anyone, stuck in his room, etc., etc. Like, there was a whole holistic thing. And so, you know, we, we can all as well enjoy the, the response of the dumbest question in the world going, oh, do you think you've justified your price tag now yeah, uh, scoring him. the goal in the Champions League? And verbatim said, I don't really give a fuck about that. We just won the fucking Champions League. Beautiful. Like, big <laughs> dick swinging mic drop moment. Boom. Um, yeah. So I got, I got love for the guy just because of that. And so, yeah, I, I, I think Chelsea are incredibly interesting. <laughs> Uh, That's what you year. need to get Chuck on side. Just drop an f bomb on live TV. Job done. Boom. Yep. I'm in. <laughs> yep, yep. The vibes at the club, man. I've I don't remember since like probably 2010 when it was like Drogba, Lampard, Terry, like at their height. 
I don't remember having this good of a vibe in the clubhouse as we have with this group of players. There's so many guys under 23 right now. They all came up through academies together or met each other early on enough that it's basically the same thing. They're all super best friends. They're all over each other's Instagrams. They're fucking obsessed with each other. Like the, the mood at the club is amazing right now. And I think that that helps with young players to keep them sort of improving. Um, Definitely. Because with how young we are, like it's not out of the question that we would actually be better than we were last year, despite our already very good underlying numbers last season. Like, you know, that's just what happens with 22 year olds become 23 year olds or 23 year olds become 24 year olds. Like that's very much in the cards. Um, obviously if we go out and get Holland or Lukaku or any other giant fucking striker, cause Holland's like seven, four and 350 pounds of muscle, not literally. Um, and obviously big Rom is called big Rom for a reason. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. You know, I love when Chelsea have a physical striker in the box who can sort of clear out defenders and make space for other guys. But if we keep who we have, I still think we're going to win the league. I still think Mate, we're the best had him, team. You had him like seven years ago, for fuck's sake. Wow. Um, but to carry on the good vibes and, and to make you feel good, I actually have Chelsea as first as well in my predicted league. Oh, okay. I, I think just because... I mean, firstly, good vibes. Fuck it. See what happens. Thanks, bud. Um And secondly, I, I just think it's within the realms of, of, of possibility. Like, people said this about Ch- Chelsea went into Champions League final. Uh, they weren't favourites and the odds were three to one at kickoff. Um, you know, no one was expecting what Tuchel did to happen. The underlying numbers are there. Like you said, they've got a squad. I, I think it's interesting. I, I think there's realms of possibility there. I, I, I'd certainly say a Man City Chelsea top two is what should, quote unquote, all things being equal and without madcap things happening. That's what I think, no matter what the top two would be. Yeah. And mo- most people going across would agree with us. Funnily enough, uh, Patreon Jeff Pedder is the only other person so far that also has Chelsea in first place. Oh, that's there a reverse jinx if I've ever fucking heard one. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I'm going to put Spurs to win my league now. Appreciate it. Can I change? Yeah. No takes his backsies. But yeah. anyway, you'll, you'll have another 38 weeks to talk about fucking Chelsea for yeah, 20 yeah. minutes a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> All right, so let's go on then to... Um, I guess we should include Leicester in our big teams conversation because they continue to show up towards the top of the table years in a row now. So I, Leicester finished fifth. I didn't write down the like super numbers. I just wrote down the expected like ranking. They finished fifth on actual table points, um, but sixth unexpected, seventh unexpected goals, and sixth unexpected goals allowed. So pretty much exactly about where they ended up. And looking at the last 19, the back half of the season, they were seventh unexpected points. Sixth unexpected goals and seventh unexpected goals allowed. So there's something somewhere between the sixth or seventh best team in the league, um, which is genuinely impressive given their budget, given their size, given the fact that they are undoubtedly better than both Arsenal and Spurs now, who are very big clubs with very big budgets and very big names. Um, but do either of you believe that Leicester will finally, finally make the push and end up top four and not fall out on like the last day of the season again? Oh, 90, 98% of the last two seasons in the top four and finished fifth both times. <laughs> That's um, a signal. Just a needle. Yeah, I, I don't think they do. I don't, but, but then I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that they've got European football again. They've progressed so well. You know, everyone knows, oh, did they, did they win the league? No one ever talks about it, you know. Um, they had... You know, a couple of years ago, their fucking owner died in a helicopter crash. Like, huge things have happened to that club in in recent history. Mm. And then the fact that you're sitting here saying a team that got promoted 
five years ago, six years ago, whatever it is now, you're like, oh, should they be finishing in the top four? Like, it's incredible that to say insane. at yeah. this point, again, before the fact, on the last day, you can always laugh, fuck's sake, they dropped out of the top four by a point this time. But they're just an impressively, impressively and jealousy-inducingly well-run club. <laughs> um, they love the fans. They look after them. Um, they make smart buys. Uh, they spend their money well. They have again. They have again. They really have. Like, they're having a great summer. Patson Dakar, I am fucking gutted. I really wanted him at Palace. And then when I saw he went to Leicester, I was like, well, that makes me have wanted him even more. Like, <laughs> knew that it, it's just ridiculous. He's going to be a great addition. Um, I don't know much about Sumare. They've also bought, bought um, who's a central midfielder. Potentially, if indeed he goes, who knows if that's going to be uh, what happens there. And they also picked up Ryan Bertrand, which I don't think is a bad on a, on a free transfer as a squad player. Um, knows league well. The, the big kind of question is, you know, can, not just can they perform, but Will Jamie Vardy's legs hold out for another year? I mean, he's only 58 years old, right? Something like that. <laughs> it's a beautiful age. Um, I, yeah, but Jamie Vardy is a, is a question mark, but I think it's less of a question mark with how Iheanacho ended the season and now with Dakar as well. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think Dakar's, they've made the moves they need to like prepare for Vardy's eventual yeah, exit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Dakar's 22, and in the last two seasons for Salzburg scored 61 goals. I mean, twenty-two. We're we're looking at yeah. four or five years away from his peak, perhaps. I mean, I think that's a really good buy. Uh, so yeah, I think they're pre- they're preparing for Vardy slowing down. There was um, less minutes than usual last season, and obviously that's going to get more. What is he? Thirty-four now, really? Generally. Thirty-four, yeah, yeah. So you know, I think they've I think they've done very well. I don't think they'll break the top four, but I don't think they're far away. Uh, like I, I could, I could fully believe that they'd spend another ninety percent or whatever of the season in the, in the top four. I think the key is: do you see anyone overtaking them? Yeah, that's the bigger question to me. I think that they are probably going to finish fifth. I agree with you, Chuck. I think sometimes I come off like I don't like Leicester, um, but mostly I get annoyed when people are like, "Oh, they're in the top four because they're the fourth best team or the third best team in the world," like, or in the league rather. And I'm like, no, they're just a little bit, you know, variance is a thing over the course of a season. So, like, I get frustrated when people talk about them being at the same level as Chelsea, United, Liverpool, and City. Um, do people really talk about them that, though? Because oh, I, I feel... Yes, people do. Yeah. Not people that we talk to. Right, <laughs> like, fair enough. Okay. Because on. I feel like they've got a best of the rest vibe. Yeah, they are. But I also think that, Oscar, I don't think it's fair when you get this information from Twitter. Like, there are some real just... Every club is the same. Like, fair enough. Every fair club enough. is genuinely the best team in the world. And fair blah, 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 you know. But, so. but yeah, I mean, like you said, Chuck, they, they've got promoted six seasons ago, something like that. They were by far the favourites to get relegated that season that they did the great escape. And then... They won the league, and Didn't last year they won, won the fucking FA Cup. Like, what a dream run those guys are on in the last 10 years with their, like, promotion, 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 title, FA Cup. Like, this is amazing for them, and their fans must be thrilled. I mean, obviously it sucks to be in fourth in the fourth, top four for 98% of the season and then drop out on the last day two seasons, two seasons. in a row. Um, but, man, they're they're doing fifth-place things, and they are the fifth-best team or thereabouts. And I think they should be really happy with that. And I don't think that it's wrong to say, like, that is their level. I don't think that they can go higher than that. But I think that that's really 
like a notable achievement for how fucking yeah. tiny they are and how far down they were at very, very recently. Like that's amazing yeah. for them. And they had Kane and Vardy on the bench when they got promoted to the Premier League. They did. They had Kane and Vardy. Kane, Vardy and Mares. yeah. There's a picture of Kane, Vardy and Mares on the bench before (laughs) they got promoted. Yeah, I saw the year two would have been the year before they got, two years before they got promoted, sorry, is I saw Palace play Leicester and yeah, there was Vardy was just on the bench. He didn't even come off, I don't think so. I mean, they've always recruited really well too. So like we talk about the summer they're having, They, they found N'Golo Kante. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. The next step for them is kind of it's at the point now where they have to start paying 60, 70 million for players to get players of that caliber throughout mm. the squad to then get to the next level and potentially it not be Brendan Rogers be the manager. Do you think? Oh, I, don't know. I, I have I'd... no problem with him. I think he's a pretty good manager. I'm not going to lie. I know he's like a douchebag and everyone laughs about his veneers <laughs> and that he is a portrait of himself. In his living room and like all that shit. Like he seems like a real fucking asshole, but I think he's a pretty good manager. I think he's done a good job with that squad too. I just like saying things that get Oscar to jump in and defend Leicester. Like I'm, I'm yeah, it's fun. apparently this is, fun. Yeah. This is new. <laughs> it's working. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we we both Oscar, you and I both have Leicester in fifth. Um, Ian, though, you have a uh, another team in there. Yeah, I was looking. I don't remember doing that, and I feel, <laughs> I feel a oh, bit wrong about that now. I've got Spurs above Leicester, and I don't really Ooh, know why. All right, okay. But, well, yeah. All right. I guess I that would know. be a good place to transition then to Spurs. Um, Sorry, West Ham. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> you will very quickly see that we skip about half the teams in the league because I don't know any team that starts with a W being different from any other team that starts with a W. Get very confused by that letter, and anybody outside the big six, I just don't care about. Like. I am going to make a concerted effort this year to make sure you talk more about those other teams. All right, by all means. I'm always happy to go on sidetracks, but I'm not, as host for when we talk about the soccer parts, I'm not going to willingly take us to like a half hour discussion about Watford's midfield. You doesn't know what have, I mean? Like, doesn't have to be half hour. Doesn't have to be half an hour, mate. Doesn't have to be. <laughs> oh, we can't have any conversations. <laughs> not every, not everything hour. has to have a fucking three part series. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Spurs though. Spurs finishing seventh. Again, I just wrote down their rankings because we don't need to spend that much on Spurs, I don't think. Um, tenth place on expected points. Ninth Ooh. place on expected goals. Eleventh oh. place on expected goals allowed. So decidedly Ooh. around tenth. And for the back half of the season, that did not change. They were eleventh place on expected points in the back half. Eighth on expected goals. And a whopping sixteenth on expected goals allowed in the back half of the season. Chuck, for the record, that is worse than Palace. Thank you. That's all I needed. <laughs> Jose Mourinho, 20 million quid. Boo, see you later. Bye. Yeah, except it didn't change when he left. That back half of the season was even worse. Well, no, because yeah. they, they had... They had the dog mayor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the dog mayor in charge. They got the fucking caretaker, didn't they? So we've got, you know, we've got no... I, I think they're very hard to judge. It'll be a interesting... Thing to see them under um, their absolute definite first choice coach Nuno. Um, not <laughs> he's under, good. You know. He's good. He might oh, be making better. But he was behind Nagelsmann, Rogers, Gattuso, fucking Lopetegui. He was. I mean, how many more people did they fucking? Uh, go he was through? about. He's seemingly about eighth on the genuine candidate list, and he only went to Spurs <laughs> after Palace had rejected him. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oof! Like I don't. I know. Um, you know, it's a it's a huge rebuild there that needs to happen. 
Well, um, we talk about a rebuild. First, they have to make the money. Let's talk about the Kane situation. He's on fucking strike right now. Have we not made jokes about this so far? Well, yeah. I don't know if he is, but I, I, I don't believe Sky Sports with a lot of stuff. I don't. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's that person. I think Daniel Levy is like it's well known that he's not a nice person and could potentially, <laughs> you know, elicit these kind of reactions. But for Kane to them not know that he's they Tottenham to think he's going to turn up and for him not to two days in a row. I don't know. I feel like it's just a yeah. We you gave it to the end of week because of something. Yeah, and I, I just think they aren't. They let the media circus run away with itself and do whatever. Mm. I don't know because he's got he's got three years left on the contract. Like, yeah, but that bid came in. Like that city are sniffing around, and City have enough money that it's at a certain point Spurs are not going to be able to turn down X amount for Harry Kane. You know what I mean? Like if if City want him, I. I can't see them not getting it. I agree. I agree. I think if City want him and Kane wants to go, it will happen. But it will happen for a huge, huge amount of money because there's three years left on his contract. And fuck the gentleman's agreement. You, you signed a contract. That's I, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. I, I find all talk of gentleman's agreement, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, it is Duff, absolutely You're going to get stung. You're going to get absolutely stung with a handshake and a... Yeah, fuck Thank that. you very much. You get that exactly. in writing. I mean, um, yeah, your 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 contract says that you're playing at Spurs for another three years, so they are going to get a fuck ton of money for you, or they're not going to let you go. It's it's as simple as that, and they won't pay you if you don't turn up for training and don't play. I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think the deal will go through, and it will be very good for Tottenham money-wise, especially because they've got a new stadium to pay off. Will it, but... though? Because we saw how that went when they sold Modric and Bale. They already made the biggest transfer in the world income once. Like, they they broke... Yeah. The transfer yeah. record when they sold Bale, and they turned it into Fernando Lorente? Question no, mark? Pa- Paulinho. Uh, excuse me. Paulinho, <laughs> Christian Eriksen, Roberto Soldado, Eric Lamella, <laughs> Vlad Kirikesh, and there's one more. It was up and down. Let's just say it was up at, and down. At, at least one of those players is good. Six players. Um, one, in, one for six hit rate. Yeah, that'll go well this summer when they make a ton of money for Kane. I'm sure they'll invest it wisely. But here's... <laughs> I think it's it's easy to to wind up, but I've been trying to think about this and actually logically, like, because it's how long can a player actually go on strike to do to try and push for this? Because mm. I don't, I don't know what Tottenham's ideal figure they would get is hundred thirty hell one hundred and fifty million. Like, so you're planning on keeping Carry Kane for three years, no matter what, which would then imply that at the end of the three years, when he's what thirty one, he would then leave and go to another club. Are Spurs going to win anything in the next three years with no. Harry Kane? No. Probably not. No. But are they also going to win anything and be able to replace him with the 150 million? You, do you see what I mean? Like if Spurs also got no. the 150 million, yeah. So it's a real like, the, the, well. That shouldn't factor in because they're not going to win anything no matter what. There is no world where they, of course, they're going to win the no, league now because I said it. But like, <laughs> but it's, do you look at trying the next three years with Kane or looking at, Year three, year four, year five, potentially, mm. with the money from Kane. You know, I that's, mean, we've that's, before for me, that's where it seems like. Yeah, potentially now's the time to get rid of him. Of course yeah. it is. He's had fucking 17 ankle surgeries. He's always hurt. He's 29, which is exactly when you want to sell someone because that's the peak yeah. of their transfer market value. They're so dumb for saying no to the 100 million. It's no, so I'm fucking not, crazy. Yeah, but I'm not sure they are because they're in a strong position con- contractually yeah, in a strong position. I, I so think they might smart be able to because I think up. they can get I think they can get at least another 30 million on top. Man City are one of the only clubs in the world that this 
COVID thing probably hasn't significantly hit them. Yeah, I mean, they're owned by an oil state. Exactly. Where, you know, so, you <laughs> and, know. and FFP, not that it mattered anyway, has been relaxed this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So I, I don't think it's necessarily the, the worst thing in the world to just play hardball for a little while and, and know that you're ultimately probably... You know, you're ultimately going to lose him, but you might be able to drive him up another 50 million. And there's absolutely no way they sell him to City when their first game of the season is City. The transfer window is until the 31st of August. They do not sell him before that. No. He's not playing game week one against City. No way. And and you you can't write into a transfer contract like the same as loan agreements that they can't play against their former club. just have a gentleman's agreement about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he knee slides in front of him. There's a fucking Adebayor. Fuck him! (laughs) Full length of the pitch. All right, so would you sell Harry Kane and try to rebuild or would you fight to hold on, Chuck? Hell, if I sold Harry Kane, I'd be off in the fucking Bahamas holding it a shit. If you were Spurs, let's say. I I would, but I'm not Daniel Levy. Daniel Levy is uh, a different fucking level, and it's the reason he's at that level is because of the way he does things. And potentially, if he's going to do something, then out of spite, and and like they could stick to his guns and just say, "Well, you're not playing for a year," and it, and it's like, right, well, then you're just losing. Like, not only are you paying his wages, you're losing like forty, fifty million off of his transfer fee. You could ask, and it's only going down and down at rapid amounts like if you get especially because you know in two years he could leave on a free god i hope they play chicken and then lose and then city just go sign someone else instead like do you want to be (laughs) arsenal is the question tottenham fans have got to ask themselves do you want to be arsenal and see your great great assets that you've paid a fuckload of money for potentially leaving on a free transfer in two seasons like literally World Cup, potentially Kane gets an injury because it's in Qatar in the middle of a fucking season, out for the rest of the year, can then go for free. Like, are you telling me City wouldn't just go, okay, we'll we'll just come back in now and we'll just pay you whatever you want and you'll come to us? Like, teams like that aren't going to stop sniffing around him. It's it's just not going to happen. So I I think it, it will be this year. I agree. I agree. Um, and then I'll throw one last question then to Ian. Uh, do you think that they have any fucking chance, and you can judge any chance however you want, Ian, interpret that word as you will, uh, of finishing top four? No, I feel like I feel like the gap is too much between them, them Arsenal, Leicester, and your Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. I just I just feel like there is a bit of a gulf opening up there. All right, so and- where do you have them then in your predictor league? Well, we, I do have them fifth, and I'm. I, the more we talk, the stupider that seems. I, uh, <laughs> Ian. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was just led by the fact that they're a big club, traditionally. Uh, Deli Alley's back, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He, could, he could be a game changer. No, genuinely, he's a great player, and he, I, Mourinho I really didn't get shit him. out of him. But... I, I thought it was you know, very strange what happened under Jose, so... Yeah, I've, I, yeah, I've got them. I've got them fifth in the predictor league. Let's let's stick with it because Kane saga aside, um, but the yeah. Kane, Kane saga aside, like everything coming out of Tottenham seems to be good vibes. Like they're yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, and they it, have and good players. They have good young players, and they do have good players. And Nuno, you know, he built good things at Wolves. Yeah. Um, you know, part of the reason why he didn't. Um, Palace didn't take him was because of all the extra people that came with him all the backroom staff and all that all the fees and everything like that was huge and it was just too big of a team like 
a squad like a, a, sorry a club like us we just couldn't afford it it didn't doesn't make financial sense and so if Tottenham are going to do that and going to install as many people everywhere to try and possibly to try and cleanse out the Jose um <laughs> That's something to be said, but then they're also the club that hired Jose at that point, which everyone knew was only ever going to end one way. So, I, yeah, I think it's 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 interesting. I again, I have them probably at the upper limits of where they can be as sixth. I'm obviously going to be lower on them than you guys, so I have them ninth. But yeah, of course you are. Um, and they have the Europa Conference League, so you <laughs> I know. forgot that that's a thing because we need a third tier of European cup. I mean, whatever. You know what? The mid table clubs can make some money and go on tour. Like, good for Tottenham. Go ahead. I mean, it's not though, is it? Because it's just extra fixtures. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just go to the other uh, shitty team from North London, uh, and that is Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal finishing eighth place last season, eighth unexpected, eleventh uh, unexpected goals, fifth unexpected goals allowed. Surprisingly, a good defense for Arsenal. Um, and then looking at the back half of the season, uh, exactly the same: eighth unexpected points, thirteenth unexpected goals, and fifth unexpected goals allowed. Um, so their big problem, obviously, is their goals, their scoring. Um, that might have something to do with Aubameyang and uh, what's the other one? Lacazette. Lacazette uh, <laughs> being a combined age of 758, I believe. They're mm-hmm. older than Ian mm-hmm. at this point. Very, very, mm-hmm. very hard times for them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Are Arsenal going to move up from eighth place? Or are they still going to be like at the very bottom of the big teams, quote unquote? Oh boy, cover your ears, Adam. I have them in ninth. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, they're about to lose Lacazette on a free again. Uh so another player for Arsenal. Wait, so does that move them up or down? I don't know actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, there there's their rebuild question mark, Arteta. They yeah, have a young player that I like. His name is Saka. He's good. I tried to get him for my fan tracks team. Mikayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe as well, you know, when they actually played together last year, I was very, very impressed uh, with how they play, if that's how they are going to be going forward. Um, those players changing their shirt numbers as well to first-team numbers. I think Saka, well, maybe Saka was seven anyway, but they've given Smith-Rowe the number 10, um, which is a fairly big statement. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, but also they're giving Granit Xhaka a new deal. So It's Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Swings yeah, and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Chuck has them in ninth. Ian, where do you have Arsenal? I've got them in seventh. It's another one where I'm talk- having this conversation and immediately regretting. But yeah, I've got I've got them in seventh. I, I obviously have some like latent old big club bias that I've yeah, because you're old because you're an old yeah, man. Yeah, no, I fully accept that's why. Yeah, <laughs> hold your horses, saying you've got Arsenal in seventh and too high, Ian. Yeah, because I have them sixth. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I think their I defense. I think their defense in this coming season. I think because of COVID and fitness levels and constant injuries to muscles because these guys have been running nonstop for two years, I think that defense is going to be one of the more important yeah. things that will determine success this season. And they had a really good defense. They had a fifth best, fifth best defense last season, and there's no reason to think it's going to be worse. So, and, you know, spending $50 million on a Brighton defender, that's going to definitely help your defense. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, yeah. And, but also they've got, and this is genuine, they've got no European football. So that is actually a big deal. <laughs> I know you went, these are genuine. Like, yeah, these are, this is a fact. Well, Arsenal no, have been good I mean, for a while. Is that, you know, obviously teams are going for European football. But as we've said, that, that's going to, that's, it's what, 18 extra games Spurs have got that Arsenal haven't? Yeah, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of minutes on those legs. Exactly. It's a, it is. And 
I, I think that's something that's in Arsenal's favour. I do think that we've got, though, a few managers, of which Arteta is one, where... Um, where they're bad? I feel like, yes. Possibly, yeah. I feel like it's this season is possibly it for them if they don't perform. Because Arteta's been there a little while now, and we haven't seen any improvement. This is... this. I think... Who are you looking at? Arteta, um, Potter, I think, for Brighton. If if Brighton don't do something else, there's only so much his reputation's going to, you know, ca- ca- keep him going for. And um, Hasenhutl for Southampton as well. I think that you've got three managers there that if they don't have a good season, they're they're done because it's like how mm. many chances do you need? You know, it's, yeah. it, I just think Arteta's. It's, He's too cute for his own good sometimes with what he tries to do. And I just, I, I think... He is Arsenal very handsome. Very cute. Very, <laughs> very, very, very handsome man. man. Don't forget he invented COVID, though. That's that's a big oh, yeah. deal. <laughs> he, he, brought, he brought down the league. His biggest impact on the Premier League last year was, <laughs> was catching COVID. One of the first to catch COVID. Fucking hipster. Before everyone else decides <laughs> to get it and bring down the league. But, um, yeah, I, I think... Um, Arteta's got this season now, and if he if he can't do something this season, he got like there are there are some if if party can stay fit, you've got uh, and Saka, oh he's injured already. Yeah, I know he's injured already. I mean, if you <laughs> <Okay>. stay fit, <laughs> Sorry. perfect, perfect. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, this is Arsenal who signed someone with a broken back. Yeah. Anyway, um, if. Yeah, if they can keep people fit, and that then there's no excuse. They've got no European football. If they don't kick on, then I think you've got to look at Arteta's position this year. Yeah, there was that summer where like everybody just couldn't get managers, so they signed their old club legends who were young yeah, managers. Yeah. Like it was, we did, we had Lampard. I think that's the same summer that Man United signed Ole and Arsenal signed Arteta. Yeah, um, and I think that none of like we obviously got rid of Lampard already I don't think that either of those two managers should still be at their clubs also I think both of those clubs have had enough time to find someone that's like genuinely elite but whatever yeah fuck them it's Arsenal I don't care um (laughs) Chuck I won't read out Palace's expected points and expected numbers out of kindness um no out of fairness and openness I think you should Okay, well, let's, let's you know, briefly I'll sit touch here and take the minutes. I know. Yeah, I, I know you know. We're, we're probably looking at the exact same shared document of notes. <laughs> but <laughs> Palace, uh, Chuck's beloved Crystal Palace, finishing 14th in a relegation scrap um, on 18th expected points, uh, 18th unexpected goals, yeah. 17th unexpected goals allowed. And for the back Elite half of defense. the season, that was actually significantly worse. They were 19th unexpected points for the back half of the season, 19th <laughs> <No>. unexpected <laughs> goals for the back half of the season, and 14th, Pew. better than Spurs, unexpected goals allowed for the back half of the season. The big thing, though, is that you guys got rid of your manager and are actually signing fucking players for once. Praise be to all the old gods and the new um, that Roy Hodgson is gone. I'm so happy. I just... Uh, you know, I just want to enjoy supporting a football club and watching a football club as opposed to enduring it. I think that's the main thing. You know, we've, you know, we had the oldest average age of any team in the Premier League last year at like 29.2 years for the Which honestly, I'm surprised played. it wasn't over 30. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, we were tapping up Ian to play at centre-back at one point. Um <laughs> But now, like, we've cleared out so many players. Everyone was going on about, oh, Palace got all these players, blah, 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 blah. 
Bang, we've signed Young Player of the Year from the Championship. We've signed Joachim Anderson, who was amazing for Fulham last year. We've signed Mark Gurhey from uh, Chelsea, who was arguably the best defender in the Championship last year. We've signed Conor Gallagher on loan. Um, also from for, Chelsea. Also from Chelsea, because Chelsea is selling all of their young players this year to everyone, because um, they need to clear it out because they can't loan so many anymore. Um, That's right. Who was great in the centre of midfield with West Brom. And we've just improved on on those positions. Um, Vieira's come in, who, you know what? I wasn't 100% happy, but I think it's just comparatively. Um, it, you know, they were, we came incredibly close to having Lucien Favre as the manager, which would have been unbelievable. And hundreds and hundreds of Palace fans that I, I talked to on social media were genuinely, like, properly gutted when he pulled out of the 11th hour. But that's what it is. And I just think there's there's potential there. He's worked with young players before. He's had a good record of it with um, when he was at Nice previously. And I just think it's it, it had to happen at some time. And it's one of those ones where in a depressed market because of COVID, we haven't spent money for years. I mean, our net spend under Hodgson was like negative 14 million or something because of uh, Wan-Bissaka's sale. And now we're at the minute we're the third highest spenders in the league for this season. So it's you know as everyone else is contracting, we're kind of expanding and and doing exactly what we kind of needed to do. So it's it's exciting times. I, I, I'm enjoying it. It's a good time to be a buying club, I will say, because everybody's short on cash. So if you have anything set aside, like like Chelsea last summer, last summer the transfer window where we signed all those fucking guys was already into well into the middle of the pandemic, and like. No one was buying. So we got a bunch of guys for pretty cheap, relatively speaking. Obviously, it's still like mm. many, many, many millions of pounds. But um, everybody's looking for cash. So if you have cash to give out, people will give you their good players. Like it is very much a buyer's market right now. And I think pallets are taking advantage of that beautifully. Um, yeah. And I think we're, do we're doing it early as well, comparatively yeah. to any other clubs. You know, when we were doing the top six um, rundowns and, and, you know, Oscar, you asked about uh, transfers and we were looking at those kind of things that like Man United is the only one who've really signed anyone. I mean, Tottenham now uh, is kind of coming through with um, Christian Romero, the centre-back from Atalanta, which probably should have mentioned earlier, but never mind, Jeff. Um, <laughs> and signing Brian Gill, Hill, however you pronounce it, um, you know, but otherwise, a lot of the teams down there are kind of adding to the squads gradually. But whereas in that position, we're the kind of big spenders, which it it's no guarantee for success. But it's really nice to see, especially after Hodgson, who would reject everyone. Um, it's reported that it was like very, very difficult for the director of football and the owners to convince him of certain players that he would just outright reject. And then everything would also be really, really late. Whereas now it's is kind of going early and have some time. Vieira's running like double training sessions each day. Um, the first team are fully like all oh, the under 23s and under 18s. Like everyone is fully together um, and has been for like since he's got there, which is really, really nice to see, especially because we've got some really promising people coming through, which will be supplemented by the the boost to the academy. Um, and, I, and it is just like we said before with Tottenham and good vibes, like everyone there's happy. Like the players are coming out and saying it's such a breath of fresh air. It's, you know, we're being pushed and it's it's great and they're happy, which you wouldn't really see under Hodgson. You know, we saw with last year with Leeds, like they were talented, but also they were the fittest club. And as much as we said about Bielsa burnout, like they didn't burn out because they were burning other teams out. 
uh, and scoring yeah. late and doing well. And so if you can have that this season and try to replicate that with a younger squad, a fitter squad, a broader squad that can actually play in those games, um, that's the key. Um, the the main, just to kind of close off what I want to say anyway about Palace and especially when people wind up about all the contracts we lost, etc., etc. Um, I got this from The Price of Football, I think, on Twitter, which is, is run by a guy who looks at a lot of the finances and analytics. And the players that Palace lost on free agencies, obviously some aren't resolved yet, they made up 43% of the club's wage bill last year. Blimey. And they played in 34% of the games. So, like, oh. people talk about the huge impact losing those players would make. No, that's literally the You'd smartest that money to be able, the yeah. smartest money Palace could have spent. Yeah, uh, I think so. So. so, so talk to me about impact then, because in my first predictor league draft, I had them at nineteenth because they were expected nineteenth, or pretty much on everything last season. Um, but the only reason you would think to change those projections is when something radically changes inside the club, and I think all of those signings and a new manager is the case for things are going to change. Um, is that change going to be enough to get you guys out of the relegation scrap? Are you like comfortably finishing mid table this team this season? Like where, where are you at in terms of then? Uh, where do you have them in your particular league, for example? So, I mean, mine's obviously always going to be buoyed a bit, but I have them 12th just because of, we know how that range of teams can be. Um, I can see arguments for pretty much anywhere in the bottom half of the table. I can because we've seen teams where big change has worked and we've seen teams where big change has not worked. Um, the last time, albeit this is different, but the last time we tried it with Frank de Boer, and, but we, to be fair, we didn't really back in with investment. Like after four games of not scoring a goal, gone. Like that's it, see you later. And then we had, you know, nigh on four seasons of Hodgson off the back of that. And so my concern would only be, especially given our fixtures for the first 10 games, mm. that that people will just write us off. And it's whether we could then recover from that. I always like being the underdog. Palace fans love it. We love being written off. That's when we thrive. That's when we do our best work. Um, you know, we break teams on the counter. We absolutely love when teams are pressuring us and we get a smash and grab. It's in, it's a rocky roller coaster, but for the highs, you take the lows. Um, so I can see why people would think potentially 19th up to where I have about 12th. I would say maybe sometimes that's when people do put Palace lower, that's looking at them in isolation. Mm, um, mm -hmm. I think there's also, I, I could see a justification why you think Watford, Newcastle, Brentford, uh, Burnley, Southampton, potentially Brighton, um, and Palace can all finish in that tier. Teams like Norwich, I think Norwich will really struggle to do anything. Brentford could finish 20th and the experiment doesn't work, or we could potentially have another Leeds on our hands or another Wolves or Sheffield United, or, you know, it could be in that vein. We've been, the last three seasons haven't been the norm with promoted teams. Yeah, they no, really but haven't. Brentford aren't the norm either. They are like Moneyball FC, Analytics FC, like they play very radically different soccer than everybody else. So Exactly. But I think there's enough, you know, um, Ian, you mentioned before about Hassan Hutton potentially being in trouble. Like Southampton haven't necessarily done anything great. And Danny Ings is edging for a move straight away. You know, he has a couple of seasons off injuries, which is mad because, you know, he went to Liverpool. It didn't work. So I don't understand where I, he's going to yeah, go. I don't know Make where he wants to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think there's enough teams in there 
that can cause the same and maybe the unknown element of it. You know, people saying, oh, um, Watford hardly conceded any goals in the championship. Yeah, it's the championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Middlesbrough, yeah, yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough were like the tightest defence in the championship like that had ever been for years and they went straight back down because they were awful because they didn't keep clean sheets and they didn't score goals. Like there's there's arguments in there for any team and so but that's that's part and parcel of it. It's it's a year where 17th and up is fine. Of course it is. It always is, but this year especially for the first year, but I I just really 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 have loved the way the club has taken this the way the club has done the change that we've signed players of the year we've taken consecutive from the championship players of the year in Eze um Elise um you know it's mm. it's fantastic and it it you know especially with all this noise about Kane there's no Zaha leaving shit yeah, you know, true. Is, quiet. yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is which is another win for us. I'm sure it will come round. And you know, Benteke is going to win the Golden Boot. So there we go. You did at times. I'll, we'll wrap up the discussion right here. You did at times in the height of the Hodgson dark days and the boring and the everything else last year say repeatedly that you would rather watch an entertaining team go down swinging and fail and lose, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, than watch any more of this Hodgson boring bullshit you even tuned out of some matches last season which is like very out of character for you can we get an update on that sentiment going into the season with an attacking type manager who's gonna go out swinging and maybe go up maybe stay up maybe fail how do you feel yeah i think i think the same and i i uh and i will maintain that because i think our season starts properly in about the 11th game week or so yeah you can get to brutal start if we can start game week 11 with double digit points that's a great result Absolutely great because it means we've won the games we had to win and we've nicked a couple of points here and there potentially. Um, With the players we've signed, all three of them are on five-year contracts. So if we go down, they either stay or we get really good money with them. We've invested 50 million into the academy. We reside in the biggest catchment area for talent. One of the biggest areas in the world, potentially behind Paris for yeah. Top quality talent it's coming through. At the, minute. the youth, the youth talent coming out of South London is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, right throughout the world of football, and so I don't worry for us as much this year going down as last year. Okay, perfect. Cool. Because the rebuild, if the rebuild happens in the Premier League, it's a lot easier to recover from and uh, consolidate for me than if the rebuild happens in the Championship. All right, perfect. Um... Any word on the promoted clubs? I'm not going to touch on like your Wolves, your Leeds, your Everton's, any of that. But any word on the promoted clubs? I don't know shit about them other than Brentford are, you know, the first team to really get into analytics. Like, Can you name all three of the promoted clubs? <laughs> Without uh, looking. I, I'm not. I'm not. They're on my screen, but I promise I'm not looking. I know Brentford because I just said it. Um, there's Watford. Are back. Oh, right? blimey. Ding. I didn't think you'd get that one. And no, Norwich, not beginning with a W. Norwich. Or were they still goes. up last year? No, no, no. They, that's right. Oh, okay. Norwich, I usually yeah. remember by like, have I come up with a bullshit fake pronunciation for them? <laughs> yeah, and I already yeah. had Norwich ready to go. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, maybe we, they were already up. The problem up. is we've been doing this three seasons now. So. I know. We've been a podcast long <laughs> enough that they came back up. And now I have like, oh, so how should I say Brentford? I would say Brent Ford, I guess. <laughs> and Watt Ford. Yeah, sure. Good enough. Um, tell me about the promoted teams I don't know shit about them I know a little bit about Brentford but like what's the deal 
I can't I can't admit to knowing much about what Watford are like now. Um, it would be interesting to see if they are just a bunch of horrible shithouses like they always have been. A disgusting <laughs> team that are just violent and abusive and Troy Deeney is just awful. Um, They're on their third manager already. I do know that. Well, I, I looked at who their manager was um, today, but I just don't think it's worth it. Because it will be gone in like a month. <laughs> he turned around in the championship, but we all know lose the first five games and he's gone. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter, does it? They, <laughs> they fired a manager in between. They got promoted, fired the manager, got a new one, fired the other manager. Season started before. Like, they've done that. So don't <laughs> yeah, they'll get be on too their fifth attached. manager of the season by the time a game <laughs> kicks off. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, Cisco, though, his name is Cisco. It, it is, yeah. We'll just have the thong song in our heads every time we see him play <laughs> yeah. now. But um, very good. Yeah, you know they have in the game of FPL they have thirteen forwards. Oh um, shit! <laughs> they they are building a big squad. Uh, that's clearly their approach to COVID. So yeah. potentially they are going to heavily, heavily rotate all of their players. Um, they was it them that signed Josh King? He was at Bournemouth and he went to Everton. And then Everton, he has gone to Watford. Yay! There you what a go. guy. There um, you go. They also have Ismail Assar. He's um, good. Obviously, yeah, and managed to keep him from going down, which is quite a big coup for them. Um, so he had great attacking numbers in the championship. Norwich, very much a similar team as went down, apart from uh, Buendia and Ben Godfrey. But Ben Godfrey went to Everton when he went. Um, so they've still got Max Ahrens uh, as a... Right back. Now my yeah, cock on the block there. A couple there. of different centre-backs from when they were up last time that might help them out. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think they'll scrape it, to be honest. I think they'll they'll finish well, 17th. Well, I, I put Norwich in 17th. And after I put, like, e- even when I'm the one that fills out the spreadsheet, I don't like changing it afterwards. I'm just like, <laughs> for fairness, even though I can't win. And I looked at it afterwards. I went, that's just stupid. I is mean, it? I've got him 17th, you've got him 17th, Oscar's got him 19th. Um, yeah, I think losing Buendia is a huge deal. I think he's one is, of the best players in the league. That is true. I mean, he's so creative, yeah. His, uh, his underlying numbers in every fucking category for creativity and um, expected assists and shots uh, are phenomenal. Dude, dude yeah. is so good. So that's like yeah. going to fuck them completely. I don't see them yeah. up. But, you know, promoted teams, Ian, you and I both have Brentford and Watford getting relegated and Oscar, yeah. you have Norwich getting relegated. So we're not exactly high on them. No. Yeah, that's wishful thinking in, for Brentford in my case. Um, I have them 16th, but they'll probably not stay up statistically, it's likely. I just think it's a defensive thing for them. I think they'll yeah, score goals. It's, but... it's, how much, it's how much of a reach is, the you know, the analytics and the overperformance. You know, it still took them three attempts with that to get out of the um, mm. championship, you know, fell at the playoffs last year, I believe, to Cardiff. Maybe No, Fulham. Fulham beat them, um, knocked them out of the playoffs year before. And this year they beat Swansea in the final to come through. So it's it's how much of a stretch. Yeah, this is the stretch. Like them making the Premier League is the stretch. They're by far the smallest club that's been in the Premier in a long time. No, they're bright. They're, they're Bournemouth levels, I'd say. They're Stadiums about the same size. I'd say, say it's growing because probably... they've got a new stadium and, and oh, they have new sta- Okay, uh, yeah, they're happy to invest. That's the thing. So, new new yeah. stadium that was, you know, it's a brand new stadium, but it's seventeen and a half thousand. Like it's Griffin Griffin Park that they had before was like fifteen. So yeah, um, yeah, I see them in that model. But you know, it's 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 an interesting, it's a new thing, and you know, especially when we go on about these stats quite a lot, it's yeah. uh, it's an experiment of for of those people. How they uh, do. 
For those people wondering why we keep calling them Analytics FC, basically they were one of the first soccer teams in the world to take a Moneyball approach. They had some. They hired some mathematicians when they were down in like the third tier. Oh, the guy, the guy who owns the club. Basically, he discovered something with football betting, made an outrageously large amount of money on it, then went, "How can I apply this?" Bought a club, and then used the same logics to investing in players, building teams, all that kind of jazz. Yep, and the people that built that analytics department from scratch, like the the guy who was the one person in the department, and then it got bigger and bigger. Uh, went on to found StatsBomb, which is the best um, sort of privately non-club-related analytics uh, organization in the world by far. So, like, it, they know what they're doing at Brentford. Um, so is that stretch enough to keep them up, or was the stretch the limit of the stretch to, like, get them up uh, will be the thing. But they must be protected at all costs. We love you, Brentford. We love you. <laughs> Indeed. Well, then, does that sort of round up our football yeah. chat? Big yeah, teams. that sounds about right. You know, newly promoted teams, yeah. Of course. And uh, whilst we're on the subject of new teams, old teams, changes in the league, let's uh, bring a new one to the podcast again. Because, gentlemen, I've prepared a quiz. Oh. A quiz? So, it's okay. time for... It's time for... wondering he was very clearly playing like a child's piano that also spells out letters and i think had a cat uh, on it it is a baby shark toy ipad okay all right um, and you spelled out quiz year, is that what you were spelling out this year yes exactly okay, right back. this year the medium of jingles will be done through child's toys um right play along at home fucking hell that was tedious uh, uh, <laughs> Um, You're so I proud. have You're so created proud. a quiz for you guys. Uh, I wrote that 10 seconds before we started. Um, you wrote it. Wrote. <laughs> wrote. Um, right, get a pen and paper, play along at home if you will. Gentlemen, the three promoted teams that have just come up from the championship. I know them. Good. So there are six points on offer here. I would like you to name the stadiums or stadia at which they play and the nicknames of those teams. There is an extra point. I say bonus point, but you can get it anyway. If you can tell me the highest expected points total of the three. Last season? Well, not this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like what they were expected to get last year when they were in the championship. What were the three again? <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> okay, so... I should mention as well, because obviously we'll just edit out the silence as these lot write. That pa- pause if you're playing along at home, um, but don't take too fucking long, for God's sake. Um, so this one's for Oscar. We just spoke about the three teams that came into the league. Yes. But the three teams we lost, what stadiums do they play at and what are their nicknames? Three teams we lost. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we did a whole season of a podcast about this. <laughs> Bonus point. For which team got the lowest expected points out of these three? Oh, God. If I can't name a single team that went down, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> and, and, and what's so funny is, is if you do, that still isn't an answer. What do you mean? 
Well, yeah. the, the question is, what stadiums, nicknames. what stadia do oh, they play at? Okay. <laughs> and what are their nicknames? I don't know stadiums. Same as question one. Okay. Oh, wait, no. I know. Oh, I know at least one of them. Okay. Question the third. Um, apart from the promoted sides, obviously, uh, there are four new managers ish who have come into the league, or four managers, shall we say, that have a new team in the league. Can you name those four managers? Question four. FPL Analytics and Jeff Pedder Darling, Ivan Benjamin Elijah Tony yes. of Brentford, finished the championship last year as the Golden Boot winner. But how many total goal involvements, that is goals plus assists, did Ivan Tony have in the championship last year? Oh. Uh, closest gets it. Question five. Uh, a very rare transfer happened in the Premier League, which was actually a player swap plus money. We don't see many of them these days. Uh, and it was for Tottenham. But can you tell me which two players swapped clubs? And a bonus point, and again, it will be the closest. Um, what was the fee as well? So a player plus cash for another player at Spurs. What are we saying? One point for each. Sixth question. Zambian striker extraordinaire Patson Dakar. Um, he joined Leicester, of course, for some money. Didn't bother looking it up. But which club did he join for? And how many league goals did he score last season? Oh, last season. Fuck. Fuck. I know Ian gave the stat of two, two seasons. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can remember that. I don't remember that. Then okay. get it roughly half. You're probably close. Question the seventh. Uh, Centre-back, all-round extraordinaire defender, Benjamin White, left the mighty, <laughs> mighty unlucky ship. Brighton for Arsenal Football Club for £50 million this year as they look to re-strengthen their defence after the sad departure of pod darling Skodran Mustafi back in January. <laughs> but how much money did Arsenal waste on Skodran Mustafi back in 2016? <laughs> how much money did Arsenal waste? On the transfer fee, the reported <laughs> transfer fee for Scott Jan Mustafi oh, after, again, he left on a free. <laughs> Which was probably the best business they could have done. Closest gets it. Question eight. Crystal Palace signed last season's championship young player of the year, Michael Olise. But where was he signed from and how much did Palace spend? What is the reported transfer fee? Again, the fee is closest. A guess. Oh, too much guesswork. I should know more. Question nine. Aston Villa signed last season's championship player of the year, Emmy Buendia. But where was he signed from and what was the reported fee? And question 10, the finals of the questions. Which former Manchester United and England player has rejoined Aston Villa on a free transfer via into Milan. I don't know how to spell his name, and I'm also almost certainly wrong, but I immediately thought of a name, so... If you don't know how to spell his name, you definitely got the wrong player. <laughs> well, I wrote, I wrote down what I wrote down, so... <laughs> it is what it is. That bodes well. 
Okay, so first question. We had the three promoted teams. Um, that was, of course, Brentford, Watford and Norwich. Ian, can you give me the answers, please, for Stadia and nicknames? So uh, Brentford are the bees. Correct. Ding. One point for bees. But Okay, little tick. But all I could remember was Griffin Park. I know they're in a new stadium, so I presume it's different. It is not Griffin Park. Oscar, did you get bees or... No, I said Carroll Road and the Griffins because of Griffin Park. <laughs> Negative two. Um, it is the Brentford Community Stadium. Guys, really easy. Come on. Oh, uh, and the bees and the bees. So one point for bees. Uh, what did you have for Watford, Oscar? Uh, I had Carroll Road and the Hornets. <laughs> he, just, he just hit every fucking one with Carroll Road. <laughs> one point for Hornets. Yay! Ian, did you get a different stadium? Uh, the Hornets and Vicarage Road. Vicarage ding, ding. Road. Two points for Ian with Vicarage Road. The frustrating Road. thing with the fucking stadiums is that the moment you say them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. But, like, <laughs> yeah, ask me, and I'm like, oh, where, is, where does anyone play? Oscar, did you have Carrow Road for Norwich? I did have Carrow Road for Norwich. Very okay, good. Okay, one point. And the, the nickname of the team? The Canaries? Canaries. Yay. Two points. Tush, tush, tush. So I make that 5-3 at the minute. I won't be able to keep this up. Um, the relegated teams. Oscar, can wait, you wait, name wait, the three relegated the teams? Most, uh... bonus point for... Oh, bonus. Yes, of course. Who had the highest expected points? I said Watford. I said Norwich. I just assumed that the... Both wrong. Brentford. Fuck. Hey! Brentford okay. had the highest expected points and they finished in third, went up through the, wow. uh, through the playoffs. Three relegated teams... Oscar, can you name the three relegated teams? I can name two of them. (laughs) (laughs) This is how much new listeners, I do not pay attention below 10th place. I don't fucking (laughs) We had Fulham, Sheffield United, and Sheffield Sheffield went down last year, of course. Um, I'm just going to let Ian rattle these off. Because I'm hoping he knows them all. Okay, so Sheffield United, I've got Blades and Bramall Lane. Tick, tick. Zero points there. (laughs) <laughs> West Brom I've got Baggies and the Hawthorns ding ding okay I said the West Brom Arena and the Albion which is not wrong right. uh, half a point because I know giving you half a point will hurt more than it helps <laughs> yes yes. such a pity yep. uh, Fulham Fulham I totally spaced on the nickname but Craven Cottage but I, I totally spaced on the nickname I got Craven Cottage and I said the Fullers <laughs> the fillers no so i because i'm not 100 percent sure on this either so you could have had the cottages or the whites oh, I, the cottages oh, I, thought about, yeah. I thought the whites okay. but i was like that's probably wrong yeah, damn it it, pro- it probably should be but anyway um and who had the lowest expected points fulham sheffield <laughs> again you're both wrong oh, west brom, west brom. <laughs> fulham, fulham were the only team that got relegated that didn't deserve to um, they were i believe oh they were 16th Unexpected mm. above Burnley and Crystal Palace, who were both on 38. And a live Peterborough update we've just conceded to Kings Lynn in a friendly. So. For fuck's sake. <laughs> the mighty Kings Lynn, who are an English team. Correct. Yeah. I mean, yes, let's say yes, because I don't know what level they play at. We oh, even be... you've never heard of them. Jeez. <laughs> they're they're sort of subterranean, <laughs> subterranean levels of the pyramid. <laughs> Um, it really deserves to be 25 levels, guys. It really deserves to be that big of a pyramid. It's a, it's great. It's great for everyone. Everyone gets everyone gets a go. Everyone gets a go. It's great. Gets everyone a go. gets a go. Everyone gets a fucking go. All right. All right. Let's go to um, the, the, the managers. Four managers. Oscar. <laughs> I got Nuno, Vieira, and Rafa. Nuno, Vieira, Rafa. 
So I'm assuming Ian has who replaced Nuno at Wolves. I don't know. <sighs> okay, so Ian, do you have those three? Yeah. Okay, so we had those three. Patrick Vieira at Crystal Palace. Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, I love that his name's Holy Ghost. It's so fucking good. Um, <laughs> at Tottenham, Rafa obviously took over Ancelotti. We will mention that, but in another pod probably, because <sighs> fuck being an Everton fan, that's gutting. Um, and Bruno Large has taken over at Wolves, continuing on the Portuguese connection. Course. And signing Portuguese players. Shock. Um, Ivan Tony, how many goal involvements? Give me a number, yo. Ian, you want to go first? He's your, he's your posh boy, so. I've got 45. I know he scored 30 plus goals and was all about the assists as well. Oh, I'm way off then. I said 35. 45 and 35. So you are six and four away. It is 40, uh, 41. Oh, 31 ooh. goals. 31 goals and 10 assists point to the Stimson. Um, the Spurs swap. The Spurs swap. Now, Ian, you weren't so sure on this. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. nothing. I did mention it. Literally mentioned did it you? in the pod. Yeah. Oscar? Ugh. I said Harry Kane in exchange for Joe Hart and a dollar. No. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Joe Hart as well. <laughs> R.I.P. for Joe Hart as well signing for Celtic. Uh, today we hardly knew you uh no eric lamella uh and brian hill uh swapped oh. clubs i believe valencia sevilla can't remember mm. um but they also paid 21 million pounds for the pleasure of getting rid of eric lamella um pats and now ian you must be all over this come on who do you play for how many goals well i've got salzburg um so i've correct. gone 35 35 so salzburg is correct Oscar, do you have Salzburg? I do have Salzburg, and I said 25 goals. Point to Oscar. 27 goals nice. um, well in 28 games. So pretty wow. fucking good. Yeah. 24 in 31 the year before, and the year before that, they had Erling Haaland. So Ben White, etc., etc. How much did they sign Scott Trent Mustafi for? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anyone got a ridiculous number they want to go I for? I said 40 million, 4-0. <laughs> I said 20 million. Point to Oscar, 35, oh <laughs> 35 million pounds, and there is a brackets there plus question mark because we aren't quite sure, oh, but it's over 30, 35 Jesus million Christ. at least. Oh, bad times. Football is dead. I know, right? Game's gone, mate. <laughs> it went a long time ago. Ian, where did Michael Elise sign from? Reading. Correct. Reading. Oscar and Ian, what is your guess for amount? I said 10 million. I said 10 as well. Oh, point each then. Uh, 8 million. Oh, right. Not bad. There you not go. bad. Although I said Derby. Derby. Derby? Which one? When is it Derby and when is it Derby? I don't remember. It's never Derby. It's, it's Derby if you're in America yeah. and it's oh, America. Okay. I thought the place was one and the type of game was another. Okay, they're both no. Derby. Okay. Derby, cool. yeah. Negative. All Derby. All Derby all the time. It's only, yeah. Okay. And even I would call it the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That makes sense because um, it is the letter E, and E famously makes an ah sound. Look, we invented the language, mate. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> where did Buendia come from, and how much did he cost? Norwich City for 20 million. That's exactly the guess I've got. Norwich City, one point, and obviously you both get a point for yeah. that one. Even though you, the answer is 38 million. 38. Wow. I mean, he's really good, but that's a lot for a championship player. Jeez. Yeah, but to sell your best player to a 
rival, a potential rival, when you get promoted into the same league as that team. Yeah, it's got to be a lot of money, yeah. It's got to be a lot of money. That's harsh on Villa. I would not... Con- well, I guess they are losing Grealish. Fuck, it's Villa a, might be fucked this year. It was a very crude way of putting it. No, Villa will still be great. Villa will still be great. Fair They'll enough. be absolutely fine. As long as they um, can get the mighty Ross Barkley back on loan from Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. Uh, and finally, which former Manchester United and England player has rejoined Aston Villa on a free transfer via Inter Milan? I gave you lots of clues in there. Used to play for Aston Villa, England, Man United, just come from Inter Milan. Give me a name. I said Gabby Agbonglahor. <laughs> 44-year-old Gabby Agbong Lahore, hey, who you know, you never famously know. played for Man United. Did he? I don't know Inter if he did. Milan. I just said no. the one Aston Villa person that came to mind, <laughs> who's old. Okay, I guess I'll go Dion Dublin then. Why not? <laughs> and of course, there's the stairs to the bedroom. Uh, Ashley Young. Ashley Young oh, has signed oh. on a free for of Aston course. Villa. Oh, that's so, uh, not going to matter at all to anybody this season. <laughs> Interesting. Not necessarily. <laughs> so, He's literally irrelevant. <laughs> to, to up your scores, give them to me. How did we I do? I think I've got 19. 14. Ian, play your music. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Second run out. Congratulations, Ian. Um, am I the quiz wizard this year? I'll be quiz wizard. Yeah. Hell yeah. What? So do you want that to be your nickname? Mr. Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey? Or do you want to be Mr. Uh, Iron well, Man Chuck Bailey? What do you I mean, I was fantasy champion for two years mm-hmm. and we did do European fantasy and I won no that. No one played that, beat all, the Pat- nah. beat all the Patreons that did really well last year. No one played that. So I'm European fantasy football champion <laughs> expert. Champions League. That, Mr. <laughs> 99.3% it is. You had a choice to choose and now you lost it. So. <laughs> There you go. Damn it. Right. Should we call it a day then? Yeah, I forgot. I'm the one that normally wraps it up, don't I? It's been so long. (laughs) We're just sitting here waiting for you to outro us. (laughs) It's been the longest outro ever. It included a quiz. (laughs) We just quite like to marinate in it and just soak it up. It's been been our longest break ever. And um, I'm ready to fucking go. We'll be back uh, later on at some point soon before the start of the season with at least one more pod. I'm not promising any more than that. FPL special. Um, you greedy buggers. Uh, FPL, um, something else probably, I guess. Um, and we'll just have a lovely old job. Thank you very much for rejoining us or joining us on this new adventure into a brave new Premier League world. Say goodbye, Oscar. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mr. Ian Stimson. Up the posh. Up the posh. Join us, patreon.com forward slash milesoffsidepod. There's stats, there's slacks, there's everything. Nate Whittam's there. He's a producer and a girlfriend have a... Plus he bought an Xbox. Bye. Bye.